you have your Bible, you can go ahead and go towards Malachi chapter 3. Yeah. Old Testament. You know it's going to be a day when you know we're in the Old Testament. Um, So you can go ahead and find that, Malachi 3. Man, it even sounds impressive, doesn't it? Malachi. It's like good. It's good. Um, Man. um, Good morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks, Tommy. Um, man, this morning, I'm so excited to, to dive into this with you, but uh, man, I just feel this need. There's like this moment here right now, right? Uh, where we, we could just kind of plow in or we could just kind of set for a moment um, and make sure that we don't miss something. Um, and so I think I got a minute. I'm going to make one either way. Um, and uh, I just, I just want to ask you just right now, let's just pray together. It's this weird thing like where we all pray. Um, just maybe and ask God just to move in this moment in our hearts. Don't be ashamed of it. If you're praying, just pray. Uh, this morning, just moving our hearts, moving our house, God, moving me, uh, God, we need you, and we need this moment, this moment, uh, God, we need air in this moment, we need life in this moment, we need a fresh breath in this moment, we need maybe a new start in this moment, and we don't want to miss you. We don't want to miss you. So God, this morning, you just move as you will. God, we'll wait. Settle in. We need you. Amen. Um. So this morning we're going to be in Malachi, um, and I'll just be honest, um, I studied this twice this week. Um, I I knew for a while, you know, where we were going. Um, God's been kind of shifting in this direction, Um, and and last night I studied it, and um, it was like 1.30 probably when I got done. I know that maybe sounds silly to some of you guys. If I study on Tuesday, I'm going to get up here and mumble. Um, I study for me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday you get one. Um, sorry, I'm selfish with my God time. Uh, you'll live. Um, Saturday you get one, and then I go right back to it um, Sunday. And last night about one thirty, I got done, and um, I was just sitting there over it, and, and God was like, do it again. <laughs> Hold on, brother, it's one thirty, right? <laughs> You gotta get up in the morning. Um, got church, um, if you didn't know, and um, and I studied it again because you don't argue, right? You can come in here and do something, but it's not going to be very good. Um, and um, the importance of this moment, right? Um, 
because this is like not a, a Sunday moment. This is like an eternity-shaping moment. Um, I can't overestimate, really, this morning. Um, and, and I know maybe it's like weird. Oh, we just pray. Let's pray again. We're going to pray a lot because it's what we do here because um, there's no power, right? Aside from him, I can get up here and talk, but who wants to hear that, right? Um, we need him to talk. Um, and especially this morning, um, I have like a, a burden for, for this this morning because I feel like a lot of us maybe fit in the context of these pages. And I think the past few weeks we've had a lot of messages where it's like, man, that's hard. Um, that's a hard truth. And um, I'll just be honest, it's calls God the potter and we're the clay. And I, I don't know what that feels like really, like to, to plump that dirty blob down on the wheel. Um, but I've, I've seen people throw these beautiful pots and the, there's a process and you press in, right? And then you pull and you scrape and you throw away the unnecessary and at the end of that process, there's this beautiful thing but the process is a hard process. Like if you were that clay, just imagine being pressed into and pulled and scraped and, and, and the useless stuff thrown away. Like that's the process um, maybe the past few weeks that we've been in and, and this morning, um, I... I I even thought it's weird. I know it's this weird battle that goes on in my head. Let's just do an easy one, right? Let's just do one easy one, and then we'll get back. But God was like, no, I'm still pressing. Um, and this morning, uh, I pray that he does. Um, there's grace in that, really, actually, um, because he could just leave us this ugly, formless lump, Right? Um, or he could make us into something beautiful and, and, and the pulling and the scraping and the pushing, that's all part of that grace process of making us something different and better. And this morning we're going to be in Malachi and I know that you're like, whoa, when we even said that because if you've ever read Malachi, Malachi is hard. Um, Malachi is the last book written in the Old Testament both physically and chronologically. Malachi was written about actually 400 years before the New Testament began. And this period of 400 years was a period of silence where God just didn't talk to his people. Isn't that crazy? Like, can you imagine coming, you were in this moment in Malachi and God's saying these things and they're hard things and then they didn't respond and then God just shuts the faucet off. You'd long for the hard things, right? Like, please beat on me, like do something. I just need to know, like you're there. And this, this book is written about in, in kind of two a, a group of people that are the most religious people on the planet. The whole Old Testament is written to the most religious people on the planet, and I would kind of venture to say maybe the New Testament is too. And, and in this book, he talks about that religion. These were all people that knew how to go to church, by the way. It was the Jewish people. They were the people of God. And from early on in, in the history of man, God called out these people to be his own people. And he, he, he taught these people the laws of God. And he taught them how to worship God. And, and these people knew how to do that. If you read, like go back to Malachi 1, they were still coming to the temple. They were still worshiping, right, God. They still knew the songs. It wasn't that they started singing other songs. It's just they, they were singing the old songs with the wrong heart. They were still bringing offerings. They were just bringing offerings with the, with the wrong heart. It says in, in Malachi 1, they were bringing stolen animals to offer up on the altar of God. You go steal an animal and bring it into the house of God, right? Makes sense. Or you'd bring like a half-dead animal, like he's going out anyway. Let's just sacrifice him to God. Oh, God, aren't you pleased with that? 
They still knew, that's the problem, right? They still knew all the religious things and they still did all the religious things and in this moment, they, they, they were still the most religious people on the planet but the problem was they couldn't see through their religion to see that their heart was far from God. What do you mean my heart's far from God? I'm going to the temple, right? I'm go, I go every day. What do you mean my heart's far from God? I, I come and I bring a sacrifice all the time. What do you mean my heart's far from God? I sing all the songs, I say all the prayers. I'm like the people of God, brother. What do you mean I'm far from God? That would be the conversation you would have with these people. Right? Actually, that's why these people didn't listen to God and they didn't turn from the, their ways. Because religion had become their idol. It was their thing. It was the thing they, they, they lived for. And in, in that moment, that's, that's the moment that God speaks, this, this moment in, in chapter 3. If you look then around verse 7, it should say something like robbing God. And in verse 7, he says, Since the days of your fathers, you have turned from my statutes. Now, statutes is a word meaning like laws of God. The, the Ten Commandments would be part of that. Um, if, you've, if you know, there's like 613 laws or something like that and the in the Old Testament, we know 10 of them, kind of. But there's a lot more. And he, he looks at these people and he says, you, you've turned from my laws. And you didn't just turn from my laws today. Like, it's been a while. Like, it's a generational problem. It's not a today problem. See, the reality of it is, it wasn't one of those things where it was like, oh, our fathers did it this way. Let's completely change it. It had been a gradual shift into the apathy of religion. And for years and years and years and years, generations, actually, these people had been continually turning away from God. See, the problem is God is serious about his laws. Like people today even, right? Like, oh, he didn't really mean that, or he didn't really say that, or that's not to those people, or it's, it's whatever. And, and what we end up doing is we take out all the stuff we don't like, and what we end up with is, I'll go to church. Take out all the stuff we don't agree with, and we're like, oh, he doesn't mean that anymore. So, so like, I will, I will sing the songs. Obviously, that's what God really cares about. It's not about loving each other and loving him. It's about singing the songs, right? Like Jesus really, he, like when he was here, he condensed all the laws of God into two laws, right? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's one. And then love your neighbor as yourself. He condensed everything into two. And then we've said, but I don't like either one of those. I will love the Lord my God with all my Sundays, or I will love the Lord my God with all my songs, or I will love the Lord my God with K-love, or I will love the Lord my God with all my Christian t-shirts. But man, don't ask me to love him, really. And these people are in maybe the same moment that we're in today as the church. And, and I don't mean everybody, so when I hear that, don't be like, uh, he hates everybody. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that there are people, moments, kind of glimpses, breaths in each church, right? Even churches that maybe have 15 in them and they're mostly dead and they're, they're not coming back from that. There's somebody there, maybe, and maybe a few people there that have a heart for God. But see, in this moment, in this world, religion is so easy, right? We have stores dedicated to, I know how to live and dress like a Christian, right? I'm not knocking that. I love them. Go to them. But it's so easy to be a Christian. It's so easy to be a saved person or a person of God because really what we mean by that in today's culture is, well, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to sing the songs and I'm going to read the Bible sometimes or at least somebody can read it to me sometimes and I'm going to pray and I wonder if maybe we're not in the same moment as these guys where we can't see through our religion to see our hearts. And God looks into this moment in verse 7. He says, since the days of your fathers for generations now you've been turning from me and you, you've not kept my laws. 
You have not kept them. And then he says this to these people, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts or the God of angel armies is what it's saying. God says into this moment, hey, you guys have screwed it up. Hey, you guys are messing it up royally. Hey, you're looking at your religion and you're acting like I should be proud because you come to church or because you sing the songs or because you changed your radio stations or because you dress different now. You act like that's the big deal. That's the thing. And I just want you to know you're far from me. And what God should say in this moment, like if, if we were God in this moment, what would we say? Because this is what we do to people, right? Uh, I will kill you. You've turned from me like I am the Lord God and I made everything and I made you and I, I just gave you a couple of little simple things to do and, 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 and I've blessed you and, I, and I've shown you things and you turned from me. I'm going to get a new people, right? I'm going to call new people out. I'm going to just go find different people. I'm going to give up on you. I'm going to run away from you. You're done. It's over. I'm going to squash you. He, he could have said any of those things, but what he says to these people, it's really weird. And here's the grace. He says, if you'll return to me, I'll return to you. It's a promise, right? If you'll come back, I'll come back. If you'll walk towards me, I'll walk towards you. Isn't that crazy? Like here's God in the Old Testament. This God we say is the God of wrath and fire, somehow different from Jesus, who is not, by the way. He's the exact same God. Um, and, and here he is showing grace. You guys have messed it up, you've screwed it up, you've walked away, you, you, you've turned from me for whatever reason you think it is. Uh, your heart is not for me, but if you'll bring your heart towards my heart, we'll come together, right? If you'll walk towards me, I'll walk towards you. If you'll come my way, I'll come your way. It's this promise. What God didn't say is, come my way and we'll see if I take your apology, right? Come my way and say a really good prayer and I'll come back towards you. Or come my way and I'm going to leave you hanging there for a little bit and then I might come towards you. What he's saying here in reality this morning is we can be as close to God as we want to be. Right? That's how that works. Like if I put somebody on this side of the stage, I'm not, don't come up here. Um, if I put somebody on this side of the stage and I was like, okay, you take a step towards me and I'm going to take a step towards you. Boom, right? We're closer. And I could say, that's good enough, thank you. Or I could say, uh, let's take another. But eventually what's going to happen is we're going to meet, right? We're going to get closer. We're going to be together. And, and what God's saying here to us is come as close as you want. That's the invitation today. Like, right? Like we can get up from here. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the end of it. We can get up from here and do that. See, but the problem is we don't really want to be close to God. Because it takes something to take a step. And it's easier to do religion. I'll be honest. That's why religion like, is all over the planet. And you're like, oh, people, some people are atheists. No, they have a religion. Their religion is, I don't believe in God, and they live according to that religion, right? Yeah. Or there's, there's some people that believe uh, that God's out there, but he's just kind of out there, and he doesn't care. Uh, they believe something, right, and they live according to that belief. That's the definition of religion. I believe something, and I live according to that, according to that belief, or it should be. We're the only people actually that don't get that. Um, <laughs> And God says to us this morning, today, if you'll come my way, I'll come your way. Some of you guys could leave today, right now, right? That's all I needed, because I've been far from God, and I don't want to be far from God, and now I know there's hope, right? I, I feel like I'm way over here, and I'm never going to get any closer, and now I know I can get closer. Amen, hallelujah. Your heart has been lifted up today. I, I've been there. And today, what God is saying to you guys is, you're as close as you want to be. If you'll keep coming, I'll keep coming. You can, you can come closer. I'm not afraid. 
I'm not phony or fake. You're not going to see through me when you get close. Keep coming. And he looks at these people, these religious people, and he says, hey, you're getting it all wrong, but if you'll come my way, I'll come your way. And these people, because they can't see through their religion, they say this, right? How can we return? Now, these people are not looking for instruction, right? They're they're not like, give me the seven-step plan, Jesus. Like, if you could just tell me, like, what I need to do, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I will follow that thing. What they're saying is, how can we return, brother? We haven't went anywhere. Because I'm in church, and I bring the sacrifices, and I bring the tenth, and I I do the things, and and I sing the songs, and I know the stuff, and I know the language. We haven't gone anywhere. How are we coming back from that? How are we coming back from not being gone? That's what the real question they're saying here is. And here's what God says. Well, let me give you an example. Um, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. This is the moment where you can be like, that doesn't actually make sense, right? How can we return? I'm looking for, this is the step, right? Here's how. And and God just blows right through that because he knows what they're saying is, we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't walked away from you. And here's what he says. Yes, you have. You know why? Because you're robbing God. And it doesn't even make sense, right? It doesn't even make sense to think man could rob God. Think about that. Are you going to ascend into heaven and break into God's bedroom and steal his valuables? Like, that's not even a possibility, is it? And even if it was, like, wouldn't that, wouldn't that scare you to death? Like, he's God, the creator of everything. He spoke out, like, suns and stars and the universe just by saying, let there be light. Like, that's the God. And you're saying you would seriously go in there, break into God's house, and take his stuff. I would be scared to death to do that because if he caught me, I'm done, right? I can't stand against that. Like, that's a different thing. Like, that's better than a homeowner with a gun. That's like the real deal, right? <laughs> it's like it doesn't even make sense. And even if it did, you should be scared to death to do it. Yet you are robbing me. You're robbing me. And then they come back with another stupid question, right? How are we robbing you? How, how do we rob you? And here's what they're saying. What are you talking about? What are you, robbing you? God, we're following you. We're not robbing you of anything. We, we come to temple and we leave temple and then we come back to temple and we bring sacrifices. Like, we're not robbing you. We robbed that dude we stole the lamb from, but we're not robbing you. We, we just stole it because so, he wasn't going to bring it, so we brought it, right? We're just helping him. And we sing all the songs. We put, we put the money in. We do the thing. We do the thing. So, so how, how do you rob God? Like nobody, I don't think, hopefully not, whatever, I guess. If you are, you can do it and get away with it. I don't think anybody's like taking stuff out of the plate when it's coming by. So aside from that, like how, how, how is it even possible to rob God? And this is what he says. Um, this is an example, by the way, not the only example. And and he looks at these people and he says, by by not making the payment of 10% and the contributions. This is what God says. Don't get mad at me. This is what God says. Um, By not making the payment, right? It's like a bill. It's weird how God looks at that. Uh, Not making the payment of the 10% and the contributions. Now, I'm not going to talk about money today. So if you're like folding up back there and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so mad that I came today. I cannot believe you're going to talk about money. I'm just certain I wasted my Sunday and I just could have went somewhere else or could have stayed at home. If you're that guy, right? Like that's not where I'm going this morning. 
I'm not going to pretend like that's not also some of what God is talking about. So I'm not like freely going to be like, oh yeah, just do whatever, brother. Like I'm not going to just ignore it. But, but the reality of it is, is this is not the only example. It's just an example. God just picks one. See, the reality of it is these people were bringing stuff into the temple, right? They're bringing in peop- other people's lambs or half-dead lambs or, you know, like something into the temple. But they're, they're, they're not really bringing or, or giving in a way that meets or, or, or even begins to make sense with this God. How do, you, how do you rob God? Well, you rob God by not giving God what God deserves. See, the reality of it is God owns everything, right? He made everything simple. He made you. you. If you're like, oh, no, mom, dad did that. Well, he made mom and dad down the line somewhere. He made you, right? He made the planet. He made the oxygen you breathe. He makes your heart beat because you can't do that. You sit there and think about it as long as you want. You can't control that. Like, that's involuntary. He, he made the sun. He made the moon. He made the plants on, on the earth. And he made the animals. He, he made everything. We could list it all day long. There's billions and billions, if not trillions, of things that God made, and most of which we probably haven't even discovered yet. Like, God made everything. When you make everything, you own everything. How do you rob from God? You don't give God what is due God. That, that could be money, right? Could be. If, if, if money could be an indicator of our hearts, maybe, maybe it could be money. But see, the reality of it is some of us could write like a, a, a I won't say a million. I was going to say a million, but I don't think anybody's that loaded in here. But some of us could write like a, a $1,000 check this morning and throw it in and not think a thing about it. You could just put it in the thing and it, it'd be done. But that doesn't really gauge our heart towards him, does it? Oh, that's a 10. Some of you guys could do a 10 and a bonus, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't really gauge your heart towards God. It's just that thing you do. It's that duty that you complete. Some of you guys, you, you come every week, right? You, you come all the time. You're here if we're here, um, but, but your time maybe doesn't necessarily gauge your, your heart towards God. It's just the thing that you do. And some of you guys, you serve. Like every time we serve, you're here and you serve, but maybe that doesn't necessarily gauge your heart towards God. But see, the reality of it is we, we, can, see, um, we can see through what we give God our heart for God. See, the reality of it is if we recognize that God is everything and he owns everything, that, that we, we can give everything to him. And what I mean is not let's throw the whole wallet in there, although if you want to do that, cool, we need a new building. But uh, that's not what I'm saying this morning. What I'm saying this morning is when you realize God owns everything, you will give him everything. And everything is more than money, and it's more than I'll come to church, and it's more than I will serve, and it's more than I will sing songs, and it's more than I'll change my radio station. It's, here's my life, God, take it. Yeah. And see, the, the problem with these people in Malachi, these religious people, is they were giving God a lot. But the one thing they wouldn't give God right is their heart. I'll give you my time. Like, I'm going to come to the temple. Isaiah has the same problem, right? Isaiah 1. What is this trampling of my courts? I wish one of you would just shut the doors. I'm tired of your religion. He says it over and over and over again in this book. I'm tired of your religion. If it's just about religion, close up the door because it doesn't matter. I've never desired religion. I've desired relationship. And that's the reality of it here. But see, for us, it's so much easier to gauge our, our, our following of God by this religion instead of this relationship because a relationship takes work. Religion doesn't take anything but some time. Maybe, maybe a little discomfort, right? 
But relationship, man, that's something different and that's something special. And it takes, it takes work to get into that. So God just says, Here, here's an example. Um, some of you guys, you don't bring in the 10% and the contribution. Some of you guys don't bring in money. You know why? Because your heart is after money. It's not after me. Some of you guys don't bring in time. You know why you don't bring in time? Because your heart is after your time. You're like afraid you're going to miss something if you don't come and be with me. You're, you're afraid of that. And I'm not talking about an hour and a half on Sunday. I'm talking about a daily thing where we spend time with God. Some of you guys never read because you'd rather read other stuff instead of reading about me. Some of you guys never pray because you'd rather talk to somebody else instead of talking to me. We can play this game all day long, right? But I come to church. Oh, cool. Thank you, brother. You, you can go to any church about anything. It's all religion. But I sing the songs. That's great. Any song can get your feelings going, right? In the right moment, right time, you can cry. Doesn't matter what the words are about or who the words are about. It's a feelings-based thing. And he says, I don't, I don't want that. I want you. He says, some of you guys, you don't, you don't bring in the full 10% and you don't bring contributions. And, and he says, and none. And you are suffering under a curse. You not see what this religion's doing to your land? You don't see what it's doing to your families and your homes? Do you not see what it's doing to the church? Do you not see like you are suffering under a curse right now? Yet you, the whole nation here, are still robbing me. It's killing you. It is, it's flat out killing you, yet you're still robbing me. You feel so far away from me. It's because you are, because you're trusting in religion, and it's killing you, and you won't change anything. You stand up week after week after week, right? And you're like, I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to God. And you leave on Monday and nothing changes. Nothing's any different. It's killing you. It's killing you. And some of you guys are like, oh, I'm going to leave if nothing changes. I'm done if nothing changes. I'm going to go find another church. Well, the same thing's going to happen in another church because preachers are preachers, right? We can't make you do anything. We can just talk about the Bible. And the Holy Spirit combined with that hopefully makes a difference. But you get to choose. And he says to these people, you're living under a curse. Do you not think they saw Malachi say these things? You don't think he stood up in the temple and he's like, you guys are dying. You guys are dying. I just want you to know you're dying. You're following religion. They're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I memorized this thing. I'm not dying. I memorized it. I love God. I memorized it. I'm not going to do any of it, but I, mem- I memorized it. I don't know. No, no, I love God. I sing all the songs all the time. Like my donkey is tuned to K-Love. Just boop, turn it on, driving down the road. And it's like, there's K-Love playing the same six songs they still play. Like, here it is. I'm just kidding. I love K-Love. Don't be mad. Because in reality, they are as close to God as they want to be. And he says, it's killing you. You're suffering under a curse here. You're still robbing me because you're not giving me what I'm due. Like you see me or you say you see me, but you're not responding in an appropriate manner to what you see. And then he says this in 10. Bring in the full 10% into the storehouse so that they, there may be food in my house. Now, God already said he doesn't eat blood of bulls and goats, right? Doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. Um, doesn't really care about that. That's not the idea of sacrifices. It's not so God can have a feast. That's not it. Um, the idea is so that other people can be reached, right? 
And in this time, what they did with that food, those, those sacrifices, is they either improved the temple or uh, if, you, if you bring in animals and things like that, they, they would, the priest would eat those. So the priest didn't have to work and they didn't have to farm and they didn't have to do those things and then the priest had time to minister. That's not what I'm going for this morning, but what I'm saying is we can't actually do ministry if we don't have money to do ministry with. So you just apply that to that. Or we, don't, we can't actually do ministry if two people show up to the thing, right? Oh, we're going we're gonna to do this big old thing, and it's going to be the whole city, and then two people show up, and it's like two people can't serve the whole city, so that's not going to work. Or uh, just apply that to anything. Like it's, it's a time thing, it's a, it's a money thing, it's an effort thing, but more than that, it's a heart thing, and, and what we give God directly reflects our heart for God. It's, it's a true thing. If we don't want to give him time, there's an issue there. If we don't want to give him our resources, there's an issue there, and it could be a trust thing. It could be a, uh, anything you want to put on the list, but here's what he's saying to these people is, hey, bring in the full 10% and, and put food in my house, and then he says this, um, and this is crazy to me. Um, he says, test me in this way. That's the only time I've ever seen God actually put that in the Bible, right? Test me. The only time he gives us that invitation. He doesn't say, test me on Tuesday to see if I like your car today. Or test me on, on Wednesday and see if I want you to shop at the Walmart. Like He doesn't say that, but he does say this one time. He's like, test me. Bring in the full 10%. Bring in the whole deal and, and put food in my house. Test me in this way. And here's what he says. Here's what he says my response to that will be. Uh, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven, right? And pour out a blessing on you or for you without measure. This is what God says. Test me in this way and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing on you without measure. This is what God says. Test me in this way. This is not what he's talking about. I put 10 bucks in. God, let me find 100 walking down the street today. Blessing and money, they're two different words. So if you're treating God like a little lottery thing or something like that, you're probably, like sometimes it may work, but it's probably not most of the time going to work and you're going to get discouraged about that because blessing and money are two different things. Actually, it's not really a blessing, I think, most of the time to have money because that becomes your heart. Um, but here in this moment, God says, test me in this way and see if I won't open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing on you without measure. That's the words of God, right? It's not the words of Brad. It's not the words of any, anybody else in the room. It's not my opinion. That's like what God says. And he says you can test him on that. And, and what I think is crazy about that is like, think about like when you go to a dam, there's a couple around here, think you TVA, uh, and, and you can stand on either side of that thing. And one side, you're, you're on the opposite side of the concrete wall, and it looks about probably that high because you're surrounded by water, right? Like it's everywhere. We took and we dammed up a river. That's how we made the lakes around here. And, and then there's a, there's a big body of water on the other side now, and it's deep right there at the dam. But then you can go to the other side of the dam and imagine standing down there kind of in that little uh, flood zone in the, in the shallow little creek bed that used to be a river and you're standing maybe even on the dry creek bed depending on the time of the year and you're standing there and you're looking up and all you can see is this big concrete wall, right? You have no idea what's on the other side of that wall. You can't tell actually from the bottom of the other side of the dam what's on the other side of the dam. You can't do that. They're built that way. That's how it is with us today before God. We're standing down here on our side and we're like, oh, I got some water down here and it's nice. It's these little soft, smooth stones. It's amazing. And I like my view down here. I got some trees. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. That's the religious side of the dam, by the way. 
I'm good down here. It's, I got what I need. Like there's water and trees and it's beautiful and I like it and I'm comfortable and it's amazing and I'm used to it. And all my brothers and sisters are standing down here in the creek bed with me and we're all just doing the deal. But God's saying, but you have no idea what I have on the other side of this wall. But I already got water over here. I don't need whatever you got on the other side of that wall because it's nice and it's warm and it's not fast and it doesn't really do anything. And I'm, I can stand right here all day long on these stones. They feel good. It's like a little pedicure deal down here in the, in, the, in the thing. It's comfortable and I really like it. And God's like, but what's on the other side of this wall is better. And then we argue and we're like, but I mean, it maybe, maybe it is. And amen, hallelujah, I will, yes, Jesus, that I'll do it all day long. But what, what I really don't know is if I want what's over there, because I know what I have over here. And what God says is, well, why don't you give me what you have here and see what I'll do? Because if you'll give me what you have over here, I will open up. The floodgates of heaven, I'll open up the windows, brother, and uh, I'll pour out a blessing on you which you can't even measure. I mean, you can tell how much water you have right now, right? Look at your bank account. You can tell how much water you got right now. Or look at, look at your time, Monday through Saturday. You can plan it out. It's pretty much the same every week, right? We're in a routine. We kind of eat the same thing. We kind of do the same thing. We wake up around the same time. We go the same places. I'm the I'm the king of the creature of habit like if I go to the mall I can tell you right now most of you can tell right now like where I'm gonna go I'm gonna walk in Belk now I used to be Dillard's but I switched it up and walk in Belk now I'm gonna bypass everything I'm gonna go in the Disney store because I'm weird like that and then I'm gonna go up to box lunch and then I might walk down and get one of them little pretzel dogs um, but I'm probably not gonna go in anything else I'm gonna take a little loop around the mall I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna get my car that's what I do creature of habit if you've ever been with me you're like God, it's so boring man you do the same stuff every time right like, I know around what time I'm going to wake up every day, and I know about what time I'm going to go to bed every night, and I know about what I'm going to watch on TV, and I, I know I've got my time planned out, and I've got my money planned out. I've got a budget now. I'm trying to be an adult. I've got a budget now, and, and I know kind of what I'm going to do every day, and I know what days I'm going to feed and what days Carlos is going to feed, and, and we've got that arranged. And I go through this pattern every week, and it's the same every week. It's monotonous, right? But it's still mine because it's my time. Like, I know... It may not be great and beautiful and wonderful. It may not be amazing, but it's mine, and I can do what I want to with it. It's going to be the same thing every week because I'm not creative, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then I know what I'm going to do with my money. I'm pretty much going to spend it this much on this thing and this much on this thing, and I kind of eat at the same places, and I kind of buy the same thing at the store, and, and I kind of I got it figured out. Life is okay down here, right? I don't know what you got planned, <laughs> but it's okay down here. Because if I throw in with what you got planned, maybe I don't have the same job. Maybe. And if I give you what you have planned, maybe I don't have the same amount of money. Maybe I don't. And if I give you that time that you want, maybe I don't have the same time. Maybe I can't do my routine anymore, and I really like going to the Disney store, so maybe I can't do that anymore, right? Because I'm comfortable here. It's not great, but it's okay. There's some water, there's some rocks, there's some trees. It's great on my side, or it's okay, at least on my side. It's going decent, at least I know what to expect. But God's saying, I don't want you to know what to expect. That's not the point of, of life, actually. The point of life is not to just kind of make it to the end. The point of life is, is greater than that. And if, if you'll test me in this way, I will do something amazing that you really can't even comprehend right now, is what he's saying. 
And, and, and yes, he's talking about money for some of us. And yes, he's talking about time for some of us. And yes, he's talking about service for some of us. For some of us, he's just saying, you know what? You do the religion thing and you need to break that. Because it's not really just about that. And if you just do that, you're going to miss it. And you're going to have a nice little pawn. And at the end of the day, you're either going to be with me or you're not. But you're never really going to know because I'm never going to do anything. I'm never going to show up. I'm never going to do anything amazing in your life because you're just going to do the thing. And I have other people if you don't want to do it. Because there are millions probably of Christians on the planet. Surely he can find somebody if you don't want to volunteer. But in this moment, in, in this grace, here's, here's what he says. You've all screwed it up, right? You've all messed it up. A whole nation of screw-ups, right? And you're all under the same curse. And, and the curse is monotony, and, and the curse is less than the best, and the curse is you're just kind of getting through it, and the curse is all these things are going on in your life, and you're struggling, and you're doing whatever. Or you're not struggling, but your life's just kind of blah. Like, that's the curse. The curse is you're stuck here and you're supposed to be with me. The curse is you're separated physically and some of you spiritually and I'm offering you this closeness. The curse can be a lot of different things and he says you're under this curse and you don't care and you're dying and you don't care but if somebody wants to try it, right? It's not an invitation for everybody because everybody's not going to be like, oh, that's me today, brother, and I get that. 99% of us are not going to be like, you know what? I want to see the extravagant plans that God has for my life. Most of us are not going to do that today. Most of us are going to stay in our religion. Amen. It's true. Because it's comfortable, right? Now, I, I, I agree God is good, and there's a lot of stuff on the other side of that wall, but I like my spot. And if that's you, that's okay. Maybe the Holy Spirit's not dealing with you on that today. And, and, and if he is, and you choose not to follow it, then write it out, brother, and see where it goes. Like, I can't make you do it. But what I'm saying is, God, for some of us today, or maybe just one of us today, is saying, why don't you just try it? What, what do you have to lose anyway? What's so good about what you got? Why don't you just try it? And why, why don't you just say, you know what, God, before I start taking out of time, what do you want? Before I start pulling out, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to go here, what do you want? And push all the chips to the middle, I'm all in. Do what you want. Or, or what if it's, God... Before I start pulling out money today, um, what, what's your kingdom need? What, what do you need in the kingdom? All my chips are in. All, I'm all in. What do you got? See, the, the truth of it is, some of us are so caught up on the 10%, we miss. They said 10% and contributions. <laughs> it's like, make your payment and then figure out what else you can give. Cut where you need to cut. And God's saying to some of us today, why don't you just push that in there? Trust me, right? We trust you. Why don't you just quit singing the song and do the thing? Push all the chips to the middle. What do you need? Before I take anything out, I trust that you've got me. What do you need? Service, right? I don't, I don't have time to serve. I can't serve. Push all that to the middle. Before I serve mom, dad, brother, sister, kids, before I do any of that, what do you want? You make my schedule. You make my calendar. You, you make my routine. You make the days. You do the thing. I'm going to test you. I really am. I'm going to push everything I got all to the middle. I prayed the prayer, right? Uh, Jesus, I give you my life. All of us pray that prayer when we get saved, right? When we give our life to Jesus, what we really mean is we give you our Sundays. But w w listen, what if we take him up on that prayer? I give you my life. I'm pushing all my chips to the middle. What do you want? I'll take the left. I'll take what's left. If you take it all, you take it all. What's left? I'll take that. That's good enough. That's what he's talking about. Right? Bring in the full 10%. What he's saying is bring it all. Don't hold back. 
Don't try to measure out what you think you need to get there. Just, just put it in. Put your life in the middle. Just do the big gamble, right? Put everything you got your whole life. Push that to the center of the table. Go all in and see what I'll do. But here's, here's what I won't do. I won't leave you dry. I won't leave you empty. I won't leave you alone. I won't leave you broken. I won't leave you hurting. I won't leave you dying. Like, I've got this. You push everything to the middle. Because here's the reality. Religion says, I'll trust you with eternity because I don't have any control over that anyway, but I'm keeping everything else. Relationship says, it's all about you anyway. And I'm all in. Right? How would that work in, in your marriage? Well, I've got an hour on Tuesday. What do you got? Oh, our schedules don't line up. I guess we're just not going to see each other this week. Well, I mean, I bought everything I needed, and I have $5. Do you need anything? I'm being generous. I'm feeling good. You can have that. If there's change, I want it. Right? Well, I know it's not really what... I want to do, but I've already done everything I want to do, so now it's time to do something you want to do because I can't think of anything else. We could go see that movie again that I like, but I'll be generous. What do you want to do? How would that work in your relationships? But isn't that what we do with God? You can have my leftovers. You can have my excess. You can have, um, if you bless me extra, I'll bless you extra after I buy more stuff, right? And God says that's not how it works, actually, religious people. Um, you can test me on it. You can try me on it. Um, if you'll bring in everything you got and not hold back, I will open up like heaven. And I'll pour out a blessing on you that you can't even contain. You know the reason people don't stand at the bottom of the dams in the little bed when the floodgates open? Because they'd kill you, Right? You can't contain all the water that's coming out. Like, can you imagine when it hits that little peaceful little riverbed? Them rocks are flying everywhere. It's a violent thing, and God's like, I will violently bless you. (laughs) You won't even know what to do with it. You can't block and or guard or stop the blessings I'll give you if you'll go all in with me. How are you going to do that, God? Well, here's how he says. I'll rebuke the devourer for you so it will not ruin the produce of your ground and the vine of your field will not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Here's what he's saying. It's all going somewhere anyway. Do you know that? Everything you got's going somewhere anyway. You can put it in a bank and you can hold it all up and you can guard your time and block your time. Something's going to steal your time and something's going to take your money. And he says, here's the options. Push it to the middle of the table and put it in the hands of somebody who loves you and cares about you or the devourer, the enemy, whatever name you want to put on him, right? He'll take it. He'll steal your time because he's going to take your life in the end anyway. Sin kills. We're all sinners. Take all the medicine you want. Hook you up to a machine. Eventually you're going to go. Time is going. You can't save time or hoard time so why not give it to somebody who cares about you money's going right I can put it all in the bank and my bank account can have a lot of zeros but I'm going to die and somebody else is going to get it or my house is going to blow up or my air conditioner is going to blow up or my tire is going to blow up why don't you give it to somebody who cares about you 
And when you do that, he says, I'll, I'll rebuke the devourer. You'll have more in the end when you give it to me anyway. And he says, then all the nations will consider you fortunate, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That's what he says. All the nations are going to be talking about you because you're a delightful land because God's blessed you. And I know that some of us hear that and you're like, what well, sounds like a kind of a slot machine kind of deal, right? Where if I put my money in the middle, God will give me money back. Maybe, probably not, but it'll bless you. You'll learn to live better off $3 than you did off $100 anyway. And you'll be more fulfilled because at the end, he's the thing that matters. And if he's happy, then, man, I don't know how you couldn't be. Or you may not have any time. I have no time, by the way. I don't know if you've ever met me. I don't have time. I don't have free time. I don't know what that is. Like, there's very little of it in my life. And I'm not saying all that's to God because it's not. Like, there's a lot of it that is. A lot of it's to farming on Tuesday and Wednesday and maybe the weekend, depending on what we work out that week. A lot of it's to work. But man, I'm happy. I don't really feel like I'm missing out. Because we scooted it to the middle, and God said, Well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to bless you. I'm still tired a lot, but I'm blessed. Amen. See, the reality of it is this morning we can choose to hear that and be like, Okay, let religion take over. Let's give God more time. It's not what he's saying. Religion can take over. Let's give God more money. It's not what he's saying. Let's serve more. It's not what he's saying. What he's saying is examine your heart. This morning, what God is saying to us is look at your heart. You see who I am. You see how you respond to that. Do they match? If they don't, maybe you're apathetic towards God. Maybe, maybe your heart is ruled by religion and, and ruled by rules, right? And that's not the point. See, the reality of it is when we, when we see what we give and how we respond to God, and, and what I mean by that is time, money, effort, ability, love, attention, devotion. Where does that match up on, on, the, on, the, on the pie chart of the week? What, what, if, what if this pie is work, right? What, what are the rest? Well, if this part is kids, what are the rest? Where does God fit into that? And if that's the measure, right, of, of how we feel about God, what does that say about how we feel about God? See, the opportunity this morning and the invitation this morning is you can come as close as you want to be. You can get as close as you want to be. You can step as close as you want to be. How close do you want to be? You, you, could, you could come as close to me as you want to, and as you come, I will come. It's like a, it's a double thing. Like, I'm just standing here waiting for you to take a step, and if you'll take a step, I'll take a step, and if you take another step, I'll take another step. We can meet in the middle. We can get there, but you got to first come. I'm not going to lasso you and pull you toward me. I'm not going to hold you down and beat your heart with the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to gently whisper, you can come, and if you want to come, come. But I guarantee you, here's the truth, I guarantee you if you'll test me, if you'll just push it all to the middle and you'll say, I'm all in, God, I'm all in, Jesus, you have everything, you, you get it all. If you'll just test me, I guarantee you it's better than what you got right now. I guarantee you it's better than religion. Religion sucks. Amen. Like, can we just amen that? It sucks. I hate coming to church just to come to church. That's the worst. I've done it. I've been to church for years just to be there. 
Because I knew that's what I was supposed to do. I said a prayer, and when I said that prayer, I said I'd come. That's horrible. Singing the songs, like really? You ever heard some of those songs? Some of them are horrible, right? It's like, that is the dumbest song. Where did you come up with the words of that? Like, I thought Red Solo Cup was a dumb song until I heard that song. That's the dumbest song in the world. <laughs> Singing that song just to sing that song is not great, is it? It's not. Reading just to read? What's the fun in that? I'm just trying to memorize stuff, Jesus, because you told me to. I'd rather sleep or watch TV, but, man, I'm trying to memorize. That's the worst thing in the world. Praying because you know you're supposed to? That's the worst, Right? I know it's not getting anywhere. I'm just saying words because it's time to eat, and i got to do this, and I really want to eat that burger, but I'm just talking to you because I'm supposed to be talking to you right now. So God bless me, let's eat. Like, that's the thing, right? That's the worst. God's saying, you don't have to stand down there. You don't have to stand in that creek bed. (laughs) You can if you want. If that's your comfort zone, if that's what you want, you can stand in that creek bed. Or here's the amazing thing. You can just check out what I got on the other side of that wall. Just get rid of that. Push it in the middle. God, what do you want? God, what do you want? God, I just want to be close to you, whatever that takes, whatever you want. You don't have to raise your hand on this, but I've had conversations with people this week, and I felt this way this week. I don't feel like I'm as close to God as I want to be. Well, here's the truth. I am exactly as close to God as I want to be. I just want to talk, and I don't want to change it. And today, God's saying, you can. You can. Come, come this way. Come this way and see if I don't come back. So here's the question this morning, and I'll shut up. Where are you at with God? Are you where you want to be with God? And if not, what do you got to change? If, God, if not, what idol do you have to give him? Here, here's the truth. I've had people text me this week and be like, I deleted Facebook. Amen. If that's sucking up your time, delete it. What's better, him or that? Push it to the middle. I really did. Somebody texted me and they're like, I deleted all social media. And I was like, well, how are you going to post stuff about church? That was the first thing in my brain. But then I was like, like, you know what? If that's what it takes, right? I sold my TV. Like, that'd be a great text. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I like TV, but um, that'd be a great text. I'm pushing it to the middle. Because it takes too much time away from you. I can't regulate it. I can't quit. So I'm turning it off. I'm unplugging it. Giving it away. What if we live like that? What would we see? What if we'd be willing and open-handed with God like that? What would we see? What would God do? See, the reality of it is, I know not every one of us are going to respond to this today. Because it's hard. I'm just praying somebody does. Because, man, I want to see what God would do. I want to see what he would do. Let's pray.